Joining me now are two very distinguished musicians who are playing with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra this weekend, Yolanda Condonassis, the harpist we were just listening to. Welcome back. Thank you so much. So, so nice to be here. Well, we're, we're delighted to have you. And, and one of our neighbors from across the way there at the Detroit Symphony, Assistant Principal Flute, Sharon Sparrow. Sharon, welcome back, too. Thank you. So great to have you both with us. We're, we're very excited about your concerts this weekend. The Mozart Concerto for Flute and Harp is, uh, I think it's one of his best pieces. Uh, and and it, it's it's just such a lovely collaboration. Uh, have you guys had a chance to rehearse it yet? We rehearsed it this morning with the orchestra for the first time. And uh, though it, it really is, as you say, a, a really true collaborative Concerto. So um, I got in night before last, so that Sharon and I could do a little work on our own and and um, uh, you know really mesh mesh our approach before we rehearsed with the the orchestra. So now that it's all meshed up, um, <laughs> the uh, uh, it's interesting the history of how this this got written. It's the only time Mozart wrote for flute and harp together. Right. Actually, it's the only time he wrote for the harp. Period. So, Period. Yeah. So harpists are uh, very indebted to him for for doing this. But um, apparently, uh, the story has it that he uh, taught a very very talented um, young teenage girl uh, whose father was a duke and uh, played the flute. Um, and uh, you know, in those days, music teachers taught all instruments. So this girl. Um, the Duke's daughter, uh, was studying the harp with Mozart. And it was a slightly different harp than we use today. Um, uh, the harps were not nearly so mechanized. Uh, this harp, I, or rather, the, this piece was written for what would be characterized as a single-action uh, pedal harp, um, which provides considerably less chromatic variation than the one we use today, which is a double-action fewer Fewer harp. pedals. Uh, fewer, Maybe. uh, well, yes. Um, I, I don't some know of, what I'm talking no, about. No, well, <laughs> you're actually kind of right. And a lot of people don't know that the pedals on the harp are very different from the pedals on, on, uh, the piano because the pedals on the harp actually control the pitch. Right. Um, you know, your fingers could be doing exactly the right thing, but if one foot's in the wrong place, um, it's, it's not pretty. It's, yeah, I think that's, that's very true. I think people are so used to looking, oh, look at the beautiful harpist. And it, doesn't that sound great? I could do that. I could just, and, uh, but watch, watch uh, a harpist's feet the next time you get a chance and you'll be stunned at, at what's going on down there. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and flutes were also relatively different in those days, Sharon, than they are today. Is that true? Yeah, they were a little bit different. Um, they hadn't, they don't have the key mechanism and they, they weren't made out of silver metal like they are now. So, um, but it, you can still do all the same things. Like you didn't have to adapt anything new, like when they had the new flutes for this concerto. Uh, both of you, uh, which is a common with, I think, every professional musician I've, I've run into, teach. Uh, in fact, you've both, uh, you're both published authors, uh, Six Weeks to Finals, mm -hmm. a, a Detailed Guide to Taking Orchestral Auditions by Sharon Sparrow mm -hmm. is still available out there. Uh, and uh, Yolanda, as well, has written several books, including Playing the Harp, a Comprehensive Guide to Harp Technique and Methodology 
I mean, you get that book and you'll know everything you need to know. But uh, <laughs> why why do you teach? I th- you know, I mean, obviously it's a very fulfilling kind of a thing. But specifically, why? What drew you to teaching in addition to playing? Well, in my case, I think, um, you know, and I think in, in many other cases as well, people who are blessed with really good training themselves um, are, are kind of privy to a, quite a, a wonderful process. And, you know, you slave for years and years and years to figure out how to do something, you know, at the highest level you can. Um, I think you you kind of have to pass it on a little bit. It, it seems like a shame to just sort of, sort of sit on it and uh, use it yourself for as long as you can and, uh, and then call it a day. Um, I think there's an awful lot of satisfaction in, in helping people get through the same stages that you yourself went through and maybe hopefully trying to make it a little bit easier, a little insight, a little knowledge, a few tricks, um, and, uh, and, you know, in my case, I was, um, I had a wonderful, wonderful teacher, Alice Shalafu, who, uh, was a, a star student of the, the great harpist Carlos Salzedo, mm. who developed a way of playing the harp, a methodology, a pedagogy. And so I think, you know, not only is that there, that very basic element of wanting to pay it forward, but also just, uh, believing in this way of of doing this and wanting to make sure that there are practitioners and other teachers that know know how it works and uh, and know how to teach it you know to the next generation and Yolanda uh, earlier in your education uh, you were here in Michigan you came to Interlochen I was I was a lifer a four-year student a at, life uh, a lifer at Interlochen <laughs> Arts Academy and it was it was the greatest the greatest thing I did I think was uh, it was kind of like going to college before you get to college. So mm. when I did get to conservatory, I really felt sort of ready to kind of hit the road and get busy. So, um, no, I love Michigan. And every time I come to Michigan, I, I, I kind of forget what a cool place it is. You know, it really, uh, there's a, a feeling, a vibe here in Michigan that's it's not exactly Canada, but it's 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 <laughs> its own, it's its own um, uh, atmosphere, and I love it. Well, we we kind of like it, and and Sharon, you spent some time at uh, Juilliard, which we've all heard of. Oh, I did. Very nice. Yeah, I was lucky enough to go there and study with Julius Baker, and you know that's part of teaching for me too is passing on the legacy. You know, so many of the young flutists they don't know his name, they don't know the name Tom Nifinger. and I feel like it's kind of my duty to pass on their legacy and what they taught me has to go to the next generation so that they can live on forever. Yeah, I, I, I've said this before on the radio, but I think uh, some people think God says you'll be a musician and the magic wand hits your head and all of a sudden you can do what you do. But mm. it's really uh, more and more uh, of a vocation and a dedication to a lifelong uh, discipline of practice and as as you say passing it along to, mm-hmm. to others and i think you know the, the often um we we don't like to make the point sometimes because playing music is an art form it's it's an artistic endeavor but in order to, in order to have the tools to you know metaphorically paint 
we have to work like an athlete. And so yeah. there's that other level of just intense physical training that has to go on. And I, I feel like, you know, sometimes it's kind of a bad word to say, you know, you just need to, to, to do this a hundred thousand times. You know, it's like, you know, with tennis, they, they say, if you've hit a hundred thousand balls, you, you will kind of know how to hit a forehand. <laughs> it's the same with, um, you know, with music. It's, it's, Physical, 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 no, no less than an athletic endeavor. But then you've also got to be able to create something and express something. It, it's a matter of being in physical shape, not, mm-hmm. not just learning the notes, isn't right. it? Uh, and it's never quite perfect. You know, you feel like you're never done. Like, oh, I could have done that one more time. I could have practiced that ah. one. I could have done right. that phrase a little differently. It keeps you humble. Well, all I know sure. is every time I hear either of you, and I've heard both of you mm-hmm. in, in various context many times you sound great Uh, the piece that you're playing this weekend and i'm speaking with yolanda condonassis harpist and sharon sparrow flutist who will be soloists in the concerto for flute and harp by mozart uh two opportunities to hear them you may want to go twice i uh, i have tickets friday and depending on uh we we might go again uh friday night at eight saturday night at eight and at the same time you guys are the meat in a sandwich that has two great symphonies <laughs> oh, either side. So uh, it's going to be a great concert. Information at DSO.org, or you can call the box office at 313-576-5111. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the piece. And uh, before we, we do, I want to play a little bit for you. There's a scene in Amadeus where Costanza goes to Salieri with original manuscripts of Mozart's that she's uh, snuck out of the house trying to get a job for Mozart because, again, and still, they're broke. (laughs) And she shows these scores to Salieri, and uh, underneath the scene, uh, part of the music, is the second movement of the uh, concerto for flute and harp. It goes a little bit like this. As Salieri is looking at these scores, he says, astounding. It was actually beyond belief. Displace one note and there would be diminishment. Displace one phrase and a structure would fall. And it's it's just a, a riveting scene, uh, and uh, that's true, isn't it? I mean, the, mm-hmm. is is it perfect music? Is it as close to perfect as a piece of music could be? Well, you know, I think uh, there's something very, very particularly special about really pretty much everything Mozart wrote. There, there is that that level of of perfection. You know, I'll never I'll never forget. Um, I was very young. Uh, my father comes from Greece. And um, I remember when I was a, a kid, we were driving um, to uh, a, a, you know, a tourist site called Sunian, which is just breath, breathtaking. 
And I remember we had the radio on and we had someone who was driving us there and it was classical music and Mozart uh, piano concerto in C major number 21 was on with Mariah, Murray Pariah. And I remember just thinking, and you know, these, these early memories sometimes are, are indelible. Um, and I remember just thinking there, I had never heard anything so perfectly perfect in my life. Huh. Just, just from a, you know, when I was, I don't know, maybe eight, eight, nine. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, I think how his music strikes folks, no matter whether they're highly trained classical musicians or, uh, you know, not, not trained in music at all. There is a, a perfection in the universe when you hear his music that, um, you know, it really is kind of otherworldly. I mean, he was, he was blessed in a very, um, extraordinary way. And I think his, his flute and harp concerto is, is no different. There are moments of just kind of divine perfection that are just transporting in this piece. And, you know, who knew nobody was writing for harp at that point there, Mm. he wrote pretty amply for the flute, but you know, how on earth would someone create this blend of two, you know, two instruments like this and just throw them down and have it turn out to be this, this incredible musical collection of moments. I don't know. It, it boggles the mind. And uh, Sharon, when, when you're playing that, that gorgeous music, uh, where does it take you? Oh, I remember the first time I ever heard it. I heard it for the first time in college and I had the record, the LP of James Galway playing that. And I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I fell immediately in love and I totally feel that way about Mozart's music. You can't change one note. You can't change one phrase. It's perfect just Mm -hmm. as it is. And, oh, it was like in the days when you would just play the record over and over and over and over again. You just could not get enough of it. I wore that record out. <laughs> yeah, that was the only bad thing. Eventually they'd get a scratch. I then, know. And then you'd have to be alert and, and move the needle past the scratch. It's just, I mean, every time I play the piece, hear the piece, it's, for me, it's always like that very first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You can have that experience. Now, we just gave you a taste. If you want to hear the rest of it, and I strongly urge that you do, uh, get your tickets now for the Detroit Symphony's uh, Mozart Festival concerts going on uh, Thursday night and Friday morning. And if you want to hear Yolanda and Sharon in that exquisite concerto, you have two opportunities, Friday night at 8, Saturday night at 8, dso.org, or you can call the box office directly at 313-576-5111. It's going to be a great concert. Have you been to Greektown yet? On this trip, we were just talking about yeah, that. Not <laughs> recently, probably it's probably been three or four years. But this, is, I I know Detroit has a a, a large Greek community, yeah. so um, I I think it might be on the list before I leave. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, Yolanda Condonassis and Sharon Sparrow, it's a great honor to have you together here and and in Detroit. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Thanks for you. having us. Pleasure.